Hi, this is Goff from BeerNutsProductions.com, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat Podcast with my pal, Mike Burton. And after you're done listening to Mike and his special guest for the week, why not head on over to BeerNutsProductions.com for some of our hilarious and original content. We've got a great range of movies, audio downloads, and so much more for you to enjoy. That's BeerNutsProductions.com, the home of the world's greatest entertainment. And that's not overselling it. But for now, it's back over to you, Mike. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chits Chat. This week, I am joined once again by Goff of Beer Nuts Productions. It seems to be in January, I have Goff on to kick off the year, and this is his eighth appearance on Genuine Chits Chat, and it's always just a delight chatting with Goff. If you haven't heard from him before, check out episode 48, which is my first episode with him, and then the subsequent episodes 65, 84 and 85, 105, 126, 150 and 183, or just type in Beer Nuts wherever you're listening to this, and you will find it and in the description i also note all of those episodes he's been on before and i've put all the links that you could possibly want of everything we've discussed on this show including my appearance on his podcast the bin Nuts productions podcast so loads of additional content to check out from golf and listen to me all at the same time what else could you want but just so this intro does not turn into a big old waffle, I'm going to end it here. So friends, make sure you go to youtube.com slash genuinechitschat, subscribe, and then you can also check out the video version of this conversation with Goff. But friends, enough from me. I'll be back at the end of the conversation to give you more information on what's coming up in 2024. So without further ado, here is Goff's eighth appearance on Genuine Chits Chat. Welcome to Genuine Chits Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So I am here once again with a gentleman who may have been on Genuine Chit Chat more times than anyone who isn't explicitly part of like a miniseries. This is his eighth appearance. It'll be the ninth episode release because one of the conversations we had was like two hours. So I split that in two. But so for the six odd years I've been podcasting, you've been on at least once a year. But considering how many appearances on Genuine Chit Chat you've made, it's not even close to the amount of content you're actually releasing because um i'm speaking with golf of being productions and um, because uh, we're here to talk about his newest film and um, which is to my knowledge the 29th film that you've released in addition to that there's an even longer behind the scenes series that you've put on youtube and then on top of all that jazz there's also you know the audiobooks you've put out and all the other bonus stuff on being us productions so lots and lots of content eighth time coming on the show 2024 we're recording right at the start and this episode i'm going to release this within two hours of us talking so oh. i'm gonna it's it's my one next week of the week after i've got several recordings due but this one i was like i'll just record it get it straight out but golf how are you doing in uh 2024 yes well thank you uh thank you for the 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 kind intro and uh i didn't realize i was uh i was such a popular guest so uh, <laughs> that's terrific but um yes uh, uh 2024 for is going well and i i like now as well you and i seem to have a a, a january thing going on which i quite like so uh so yeah no it, it's all uh it's all very good and you're quite right we did uh quite a bit of work last year um we did mr eligible at the sort of midpoint of last year and then i spent about oh, the best part of four months uh pumping out a little uh mini series i guess you would call it and also another film uh so yes uh i have been a busy lad there is no doubt about it but i i like being busy it's my thing i've got uh 
too much energy, I think. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but all good, all good, Mike. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I think like January is always like New Year of genuine chit chat. God, I've got on. You know, you're always within the first three episodes every time, and I always get messages from people. But like, have you got golf lined up for January? I said yes. <laughs> yeah, golf will be coming and saying hi. And people love that because we've you've been on the show so many times. You know, I don't need to constantly reintroduce you uh, all the time. It's more like what's golf up to this time. Uh, but because your output was so massive last year, you know, I missed. Mr. Eligible, um, which is completely fine because you reached out to me and I was like, I'm just so busy at the moment. I'll have you on later or the start of the year. And then it was like, well, actually, I've got another film coming out already. I was like, I've basically just leapfrogged over uh, one of the films. But seeing all the behind the scenes stuff was really interesting. But before we delve into the behind the scenes stuff, um, the film itself is Reluctant Heroes Horse Race Commentators, which... Is not the first place I'd go for comedy. It may not even be the 29th place I go for comedy, to be honest. So why did you choose uh, horse race commentators? Is it something, Is have you been to many race uh, tracks? Do you enjoy it and you're poking fun of something you enjoy? Or is it the opposite? You just think it's a bit silly and that's why you made a film? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, on the second one. Yep. Uh, yes, I, I feel that horse racing is something that needs to be mocked because mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it seems a little ridiculous, uh, in my humble opinion. Um, I'm look. I'm not against horse racing, but what I think is, until I actually hear a horse say to me, "I really enjoy running around at a track and being whipped," then uh, you know I'm sort of on the fence on it, to be honest. So, uh, and uh, just the amount of money and the amount of uh, outrageous behaviour that goes on with horse racing, uh, I just felt it deserved to be mocked and so i thought well how who who really has uh the ability like i mean where where's a place that sort of oversees horse racing and you know is easiest to mock because i could have chosen the trainers or the owners or the breeders or the jockeys but i thought well the horse race commentators they kind of overlook the races and everybody sort of knows that voice of, you know, coming around the corner is number three, followed by number four. Everybody knows that voice. So I thought that'll be the the place uh, to go, I think. And uh, and let's be honest, they're all very much reluctant heroes. I could have chosen uh, nurses or school teachers or any other firefighters, but I thought that uh, I thought that horse race commentators were definitely heroes of our community that needed a light shone upon them, shall we say? <laughs> I was going to ask about the reluctant heroes part. Like, what is this suddenly going to be a new series, or is it just kind of like you needed something to call the the film that wasn't just horse race commentators are silly? Like, what what was the reluctant heroes part about? <laughs> well, every time I've done like a mockumentary, mockumentary. I've tried to give it a very serious name. So I think I had, with the environment one, it was like the environment, the real truth. Mm. And then with uh, the uh, the one about sex workers, it was uh, prostitution, uh, the the untold story, I think was that one. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all, I always try and give a very uh, serious uh, title to the profession that I'm making fun of. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a fair enough reason. I mean, it's it's something I'd not really thought about. I mean, I can't say I've been to any horse races. I've I've seen it on TV and stuff. Like when I was younger, my parents used to. Uh, there's one, the Grand National, I think it is. Um, they used to like bet a little bit of money on that, and then they would say to me, "I'll oh, choose a horse, just a, a name that you like the sound of." And so I want to ask you about some of the names here because I've written my question here. My prompt is: How much fun did Goff have naming horses? Because I just thought it was a way for you just to get out all the silly, funny names that you could think of. And then I started noting down some of the character names. And I've got the commentator called Barry Apex and the school, che- school teacher called Jack Fraudulence, which both sound like characters out of maybe like The Expendables or something. <laughs> but like, did you have quite a lot of fun naming the horses and the characters? And was this really a way just to, as an excuse to say all those things? <laughs> well, well, I'm not too sure... Uh... Uh, the English humour and the Australian humour is, is reasonably similar in its slang. So mm. uh, the second bout of horse names that you hear, I'm not too sure if you picked up on, but they're all Australian vulgar slang terms for a lady's naughty bits. Mm. Is, is that something that you uh, picked up on, perhaps? I noticed at least two of them were, and I didn't. I think there may have been a, one or two others either I didn't hear properly or it didn't really register. But I, I, I was like, at least a couple of these sound like, you know, go down a beaver town in a way. So I did kind of get that gist. <laughs> yeah. So, so when I, with, with the second, second round, because there's two horse races you heard mm-hmm. uh, being called. And with the second one, it was, uh, and the reason why there was a reason. So um, besides me thinking that it was very funny, uh, <laughs> the first horse race, it was actually harder than what you would think to come up with outrageous names for horses. Because I'd write them down, yeah, that's great. And then when, when I would edit the script, I'm like, yeah, I don't really like that one so much. So I'd have to change it. And then I'd come back again and I'd change it again. And I thought, oh, this is harder than I thought. So then I thought, well, I'll get a theme. So the next uh, time I'll do a race, I'll have a theme. And so I, I chose the theme of uh, dirty slang terms for a lady's naughty parts. So uh, that was essentially the theme for the second round of horse races. Uh, the first one was just, yes, uh, essentially things that sound uh, ridiculous and silly. Um, but but they're all, uh, yeah, they're all, uh, yeah, th- there's a few other slang terms and stuff within them as well that some people will uh, recognise and some won't, but that's okay. They all sound silly, which is kind of the point. Uh, with the, the character names, uh, I like uh, I like to have silly names, but I also think it's important that they kind of, represent the person so the commentator is the world's greatest horse race commentator hence apex he's the best Mm -hmm. and then jack jack fraudulence he is uh, a complete criminal uh, hence the word fraudulence so i like and just some of the other names uh, of people that are referenced are again as you pointed out just very silly names and i like using silly names wherever possible so yes so (laughs) just a good excuse to be silly really perfect why not where else but a bin arts productions project that's exactly where you want to uh, put all your silly into and there's one part that i recall from the behind the scenes um thing on youtube which i'll put a link to in the description because i really recommend people check that out obviously go to binutsproductions.com for your um comedy needs but on youtube you can like check out all of the sort of lots of bonus content so quite a few fun things and i I really love the behind the scenes stuff like i know i'm amidst uh the swath of people that have been saying to you about doing a a pseudo sequel to i'll not go quietly or something along those lines and i know you mentioned in uh in the behind the scenes stuff it was like yeah this is kind of like you, you hint at that kind of idea 
And in that, you actually mentioned at one point that you weren't happy with your own performance uh, as an actor, which is interesting because I've heard you be critical of other individuals, not naming them or anything because you're professional, but saying, oh, yeah, there was a person I had. They were shit and they were really difficult. So I binned them off and got someone good. And it's like, fair enough, you know, power to you. But with yourself, I don't think I've really heard you like you do a lot of self-deprecating humor as part of who you are, um, which I appreciate as a Brit because we do that quite a lot as well. But actually being not self-deprecating in a humor sense you were just saying like you were saying certain lines and didn't feel like it was working and you were actually quite honest about how as you're the the leader of the whole project you really have to be the one to kind of you know you have to know everything that you're doing for other people to really follow in that regard so what if you could tell me a little bit about that just because i've not actually seen that side of you to be honest with you well, uh, to put it in context, I think that was about three weeks before we shot. So it's yes. not like we were on set and no. I'm going, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a shit house job. Uh, I, I recognized uh, about three weeks out that uh, my lines weren't coming down. It was really as simple as that. I wasn't learning my lines as easily as I usually can. And it wasn't sounding as good as what it was. Nothing to do with the script. It was just all, uh, it was a me problem. Mm. So uh, it just meant that I had to put a bit more work in. It really is as simple as that. I recognized that. Uh, it wasn't sounding good and the lines weren't flowing like they should. So I need to to put uh, a couple of days aside and just really focus on making sure that my lines are down. Because uh, uh, I've got a lot of lot with the horse race uh, film. I had a lot of lines that I had to learn. So uh, it was more just about, um, yeah, I mean, recognizing the fact that uh, it wasn't sounding as good as it should. And uh, I need to put a couple of days aside, which I did. Oh, pardon me. I just burped as well. That's uh, very <laughs> professional. But um, uh, I, I just realized I had to put a couple of days aside to uh, to focus on that, which I did. And then uh, I got it together and no no dramas. So, I mean, you can hear in yourself when I, I do believe that when you're an actor and I rehearse my lines out loud so that I can hear them. So uh, when you're saying them out loud, you can hear whether it sounds good, bad or indifferent. I mean, you you've you've got ears, you've got the capability of understanding what sounds good. So, yeah, it was just, uh, I was listening back to it and it just wasn't sounding right. It's really as simple as that, yeah. Mm. And you record yourself, like, reading out the lines. Because I think, did you say you also, you read out to yourself the entire script as well? And do you record that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I do a few different things. Um, uh, depending on what the role is and what I think is required, I can uh, videotape. Uh, videotape what am i 110 <laughs> i I record, I record it down on my phone is what i do uh, and i just listen to it back and make sure it's sounding good um i read it i'll listen to it off the computer as well because my computer speaks to me so i'll listen to it off the computer because that helps learn the lines as well for some strange reason and uh, yeah i can read it so there's a few different ways i go about it so it's uh, whatever is going to work for that particular project is what I'll do, depending on how big the role is and what's required. Hmm. Yeah, and I want to ask as well, like this project yourself, like, again, the behind the scenes uh, videos are really great. Just check those out, even if uh, someone hasn't heard of Beer Nuts or anything like that before, you know, check out the behind the scenes uh, videos because they're really interesting and they are quite funny as well. Um, But in that, something that surprised me as well is, you know, in the lead up, you said, you know, there are issues as you always expect there are, you know, you hire X amount of actors and you know, a percentage of them are going to bail or mess you around or whatever, um, which is you know, just being a good planner and things, especially with uh, 29 movies or 28 movies at that point under your belt. Um, but you actually said you and Ash both agreed. You kind of checked with other people as well. Like, 
was this probably the best filming of a project that you've actually done like on on the the production days themselves because everyone mainly you seemed so surprised that it was so flawless in so many ways there was no drama there were no delays you finished early why was this the smoothest being nuts production to date uh probably yes uh i'm just trying to think like i mean I, i'm very organized so they, they always get done how they need to get done and how they should get done but yeah, the fact that we finished uh, early both days uh, was good. Uh, I mean, the weather was on our side, which is unusual. The uh, yeah, no, none of the actors uh, dicked us around, so that was nice. Um, I mean, as you saw, uh, there were uh, problems I had with a few actors who did get sacked. <laughs> uh, so that was a thing. So, but I, I recognised that they were going to be an issue, so I got rid of them before time uh so that that wouldn't be a problem that i would have to face so yeah it, it was just a, a case of uh yeah it all went very smoothly which was fantastic um yeah i, I think it probably it probably was the smoothest shoot uh, that i've ever done which is very good it's always good to have a nice easy shoot and how was it like because we didn't speak about uh, mr eligible like how was that filming wise like with that was that just kind of the average beer nuts uh film or was that closer to a uh, reluctant heroes like was there i don't know if there's like a trend if the movies are generally getting easier or if it's literally just well no no with with mr eligible we had a couple of uh problems uh the <laughs> that that was one of the reasons why i decided to make a behind this one of the reasons why i decided to make a behind the scenes one was because of some of the issues that i faced i'm like People need to see what I go through. Uh, so, because Surly Pete example, mentioned a couple, didn't he? he? Sorry to interject, but Surly Pete, I recall before he had to uh, go to New Zealand, he he said that he missed eligible. There were lots of problems that came about. Yeah. So one of them was he had all the props in his car, and then uh, his car broke down, uh, as in the lock on his door broke, so he couldn't get into his car. And so we had to call our locksmith to get the props and his car open. Wow. So that was a problem. That sounds minor, but props are kind of important. And mm. he was parked half an hour away from where we were filming. Uh, also, one of the actors was two hours late in arriving and came with the most horseshit reason you could ever imagine for being two hours late. It just simply did not make sense. I had an actor pull out of the project uh, less than 24 hours uh, before the project happened. Uh, and another actor had to come in, learn their lines within about 12 hours, which they did and did an incredible job uh, and learn that, yeah, learn their lines within about 12 hours. Um, so it was, uh, and we had, uh, not that it mattered so much, but we had uh, a lot of rain uh, as well, but it was mostly filmed indoors. So it really didn't matter. But um yeah, it, it was, um, it, it was, oh, and we ended up running, that one did run over. It's the only project I've ever done that's run late and it ran like an hour over time. Mm. And that, and again, Scott, as he mentioned in this film, he had some medical problems as well, which he was dealing with. So we would have to stop on occasion so he could deal with those medical issues. You know, the woman two hours late made us run late. I just, yeah, there was just, oh my gosh, it was, uh, 
it was a very stressful show. Like the, the project came out fantastic. So there's no, don't be everybody sitting at home going, well, I'm not watching that. It came out really, <laughs> really well. So, you know, I mean, I could have rushed through it and, uh, and done things and, but I, I make sure that the projects that I make, uh, of the highest quality so you know we i made sure that i wasn't uh, going to stop until i got the takes that i wanted which is why we ran an hour over time but um and i've got to give credit to to the venue because uh the venue didn't cause me too many issues because we were supposed to finish at 9 p.m we finished at 10 p.m and they didn't uh they didn't give us any grief they're really really cool i've used them a few times before so uh thumbs up to uh to palmer golf they are awesome uh because it's actually it was actually the same room that we filmed the wedding in, and it was actually the same room again that we filmed the school classroom in mm. uh, for horse race commentators. So that school classroom is the same room that we did the wedding film in. You're just uh, obviously dressed very differently. So um, yeah, credit to uh, to Palmer Golf uh, for not giving me any grief. But um, the the guy there, I think I mentioned in my. Uh, behind the scenes documentary the guy who runs it is a very relaxed human being and very chilled out and sometimes it kind of freaks me out because he's just too relaxed he's just too yeah man all good i'm like oh shit really like can't you like either pretend to be enthusiastic or just like grill me on something just to know that we're you're in i mean like yeah but um but all good so but um yeah mr eligible came out fantastic but there was a huge amount of onset. Uh, I don't want to say. Well, problems is uh, makes it sound bad. Everything was fixed. There was no problems in the end. But just uh, issues, uh, speed bumps, shall we call them? There was a whole mm-hmm. bunch of speed bumps with Mister Eligible and the filming. Uh, so that was one of the motivations behind making the behind the scenes documentary that I did. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's quite ironic, isn't it? You have a bit of a troubled shoot. And so you're like, okay, next time we have a shoot, we have to record this because some of this, you know, tumultuous things that are going on with me might be quite entertaining. And then you go to record and it's like, this is the smoothest shoot I've ever had. <laughs> it's just like sod's law. Yeah. There's the one, almost the one time you're actually kind of in some ways would be okay with an issue occurring. And there's like, no, pretty smooth. One or two actor issues, which is to be expected. And that's it. And it's like, oh, well, well, good. We, 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 we did have a major location problem too, if you recall. So, And also Pete having to leave yes, wasn't ideal either. So there were issues that needed to be overcame uh, within the pre-production phase. So if people do want to witness a little bit of drama, there is some uh, that pokes around in a couple of the episodes when we had to, uh, we had to change a, a, a major location uh, and all that sort of stuff. And also certainly Pete having to to leave halfway through wasn't ideal uh but yeah the people can see how these things are overcome i suppose yeah i mean it's always something that i think with indie filmmakers especially it's something i i myself find very interesting is because you know if you're a big budget they're obviously regardless of the size of the of the production you're making there's going to be problems somewhere you know whether it's some sort of corporate head at the top of this giant business who doesn't know what on earth they're talking about with movies try and critique things and then it ruins the movie and they blame you that's a whole nother big thing but when it comes to when i hear certain directors speaking about um certain shoots people like tarantino or other individuals who are like oh yeah in the early days before i had everyone knowing my name when i was making these films this sh- this scene that people say are re- is really iconic and amazing 
That only happened because I had a different scene planned, but things fell through and I had to make do and change XYZ about it. So I often find that finding out what happens behind the scenes of indie filmmaking, both it adds a layer of, you know, respect to the people involved because it's so tired, like every pound or in your case a dollar really does count, but also just there are actual, in some ways there's more stakes because, you know, you haven't got this big giant studio behind you who can just throw money at a problem. It's like, these are problems I have to solve myself. And where you're the main actor, director, writer, and being up to your company, all of that weight falls on you as well. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the end of that. But yes, you are quite right. Well, I was going to ask, did you, like, with, with the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, I really enjoyed those, and I had an idea... Um, actually, which you wouldn't, you don't have to follow through. And you could just say, that sounds great, Mike, and then never do it. Um, but there's um, there's Patreon, which is a thing which exists uh, where people can give a small amount of money to um, a company, an individual, whatever. I've got that. I've got a few people throwing me a few shekels for additional content. And I think for, for being as an option, they're doing a pitch to you for your own company. Um, if you did something like that, but you just put the behind the scenes videos on there. Because I, I personally, even if you didn't edit, because they're edited very well, and you know, uh, you put a lot of effort into those, so I assume it was as a huge uptake as well as trying to produce a, a comedy film as well. But even just those random videos, like I, I would pay money just for every, you know, few weeks or even couple of months just to have you talking at your phone complaining about stuff one of the things i find funniest this is really bad but the thing i know you've got your podcast as well uh, which i have been listening to as well i listened to that after your last recommendation uh fiona Patton, the mp who was who used to be a sex worker and things really interesting conversation love that so i'll put a link to that in the description too but my favorite things is when you get rejections from people and you don't say who it's from or anything but you just like slate the reasoning they're just like yeah, they reject sick after reading the script. It's just some bullshit reason. They, they're they not giving me the real truth. They should have just said I'm more interested and left rather than give me this chapter and verse of rubbish. And I just find the bluntness of you in those moments are so funny. And I would just pay to see those as much as I enjoy the Beer Nuts films themselves. You know, and obviously people go out and pay for those. But I would pay just to have you complaining behind the scenes because it just cracks me up. Well... Uh, yes, uh, I do. So if people go onto the Beer Nuts Productions uh, website, oh, beernutsproductions.com, early plug, uh, they will find there is a donation button at the bottom of the uh, of the website. So they can, you know, donate a few extra dollars if they want to, which will obviously help in making more content. And also when they do download uh, Reluctant Heroes Horse Race Commentators, they get the documentary as a added free bonus. Uh, or you can, as you point out, watch it on YouTube as well. So there's a few places that they can watch that. But if they download the actual film themselves, they get that as like a, a bonus content uh, uh, situation. But yes, uh, in regards to, uh, uh, I, I just I just find it hilarious um, when people lie when it's not really required. Like it's like if someone says to you, "Hey, Mike, do you want to come to the pub on Saturday night?" And you're and, and you make up this grand excuse why you can't. Well, the real reason is you're tired. It's been a big week, and you just honestly can't be bothered. And it's nothing against them personally. You just prefer to sit at home with your delightful girlfriend and watch a D or fiance. Is it fiance now? It is fiance now. Yes, good memory yes, there. Yes. Amazing stuff. We haven't spoken yes. in a year, so actually the last time we spoke, she was my girlfriend. So good memory yes. there. Nice. 
No, well, I follow you on social media and you did the customary post that you, you need to do as, a, I, yes, as and Megan an engaged did. young man. Megan so, wanted me to as well. <laughs> I wasn't going to. And she was like, well, I can't no, do no, it if no. you don't. So I was like, yeah, to be fair, it is a celebration of us, isn't it? And I did propose to you. So I guess I, I should not just seem like I don't care. Like my social media gap, if I just had, yeah, podcast, 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 gap. Podcast, but it's been like okay, maybe <laughs> is he really that happy about his own engagement? So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, but but yes, you you're at home with your your delightful fiance, and you really don't want to go to the pub. But instead of just saying the truth, which is you know what, I just want to spend uh, the night with with my, my my fiance watching a DVD and going to bed at like an old lady's time because I'm cooked. Uh, you make up some elaborate excuse of you know. Uh, my 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 i don't know my my pet dog has to have its liver removed and another one placed in due to the fact it ate chocolate it's like well i mean we'll we'll, we'll find out eventually that that's horse shit you know what i mean like just just be honest man you don't want to be in my movie just say i don't want to be in your movie you don't want me to use your location just say buddy i don't want you filming here like it's okay I will move on with my life. It's totally fine. There's no need, like, because I've been doing this, as you point out, I've been doing this a long time. I've heard excuses and reasons that would blow your mind as to why I can't do or why people won't do things. It's just uh, moronic. I think I mentioned in the behind the scenes documentary, I had one actress, this was for Mr. Eligible, uh, one actress tell me that they couldn't audition for the film because they were allergic to water and the scene required them to be like washing their hair in the shower and she couldn't uh, she couldn't do it cuz she was allergic to water now i'm no doctor but i think that if you are allergic to water being as the body is what 97% water you would die because you would be allergic to yourself but you know that's just me and also <laughs> How do you wash? I mean, you need to drink water to survive. I mean, it's just... It's, well, how do you act? Like, how, how could you even put yourself forward being an actor and try and say, right, in my contract, you have to put it, no water anywhere near me ever. I'm like, do you it, live it, in this world? <laughs> it's just moronic. It's just completely moronic. Now, what I did then, because I knew she was lying, so I was like, whatever. I just say, fine, whatever. But I was like, I have to learn more about this nutbag. So... I went on to her Instagram page and found out that she's very Jesus-y. Now, I'm not against people who are into Jesus, but it kind of explains why she didn't want to do my film because she doesn't have the so sort of sense of humour that I have. So why not just say, I don't really enjoy the content, so I don't want to audition. Why well, make up some bull... You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It just it, it blows my mind. So, but um, yeah, that's a very long-winded answer to to your question. But yes, that's what I want. That's, that's it. That's it. Well, I'm I'm petitioning for the next uh, YouTube doco thing that you make is for you to just read out <laughs> rejections <laughs> and the most bizarre, like top five best rejections <laughs> for beer nuts. It can be actors <laughs> or locations or anything. Obviously, don't say the person's name or anything. But it would be. I would love that. That that will crack me up. Uh, to be honest with you. And, Speaking of um, the production on this one, I want to say, judging, I, I know, I'm pretty certain that I saw Ash appear in some other behind-the-scenes videos before, so I think she's been working for you for a little while, or working with you for a little while, but I feel like 
she was like a, a star of the behind the scenes video because in everything you were doing no matter what your mood was she was in living it up she was just happy and ready for anything and she did a great job being an actor in the production as well and i just feel like just applause for ash because i just think that she did such a good job and she seems so happy even in the days where you were a bit like yeah doing this everything's a bit like this but uh you know we're pushing through and ash is like thumbs up peace sign i'm all good and like any <laughs> joke you throw away bouncing it right back to you so i i loved that dynamic i just i just wanted to mention that i thought ash was fantastic you know she is cool to work with there's no doubt and you're right uh i think this is probably the fourth maybe project that Ash has been involved in in some way because I first met her as an actor. Mm. Uh, so she she uh, did a voiceover. So the first time I worked with Ash was she did, I think she was the English teacher voiceover in the education system. Uh, she was supposed to be in the film, but she got COVID, so she couldn't come on the filming day, so I had to replace her. Uh, but what I ended up doing, I did a switcheroo. So uh, the person that was actually going to do, because she only had a couple of lines as an actor, as an on-screen actor. So the person that was going to do the voiceover, I said, well, can you do that role? And I said to Ash, well, being as you can't film on this day, can you come in next week and do the voiceover? And I'll just switch you to actors around because you're pretty much the same in regards to age and all that sort of stuff. So it'll work. And so that's how I first met Ash, um, was uh, for the education system. And then, yeah, she's been, uh, I think she's been, a part of every film since. So that would be, I reckon, five, the last five films. So that's the last 18 months or so she's been uh, she's been by my side. Lucky for her. <laughs> and also you've got um, Aaron stepping in as well, who was, you know, I recognise as well being a previous actor of Beer Nuts. You're just going around scooping up all your all these actors and like, you could be a production assistant, you could do a bit of this, you could be do a bit of that. But uh, what cracked me up, I rewatched it again today just because the scene made me laugh so much, which was when you say to him, what's it like being a production assistant from an actor? And you thought he was going to be like, oh, you shit goff and you're a bit of a dick. And then he was just like, oh, it's really great. It really touched me. You know, it's really been this. I just know this is where I'm meant to be. And you're like, Jesus Christ, where did that all come from? <laughs> this is really heartfelt response. And you were just in that one time I've ever seen you having no idea how to respond to a situation because <laughs> you're so used to people giving you shit or excuses or whatever like that and when someone's like no goff you really did help me out here you're like where's the dick joke here <laughs> what do i do <laughs> yes yeah pretty much that was uh, that took me by surprise <laughs> he's a lovely fellow aaron and he hadn't done any production assistant work before but when surly pete had to go back to new zealand i was like oh shit who am i gonna get and the few production people that i know were already booked on other stuff so I was going through, like, the actors and whatnot, and I'm like, well, Aaron, he's a great guy, Aaron, as in, like, he'll, uh, if I need him to do something, he doesn't argue or question, he'll just go in there and give it his best effort, no matter what. He's very trustworthy, he's very reliable. So I was like, well, I'll put it to him and see if he wants to do it. And he said, yep, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And so, and then, uh, yeah, he ended up really enjoying it. So on my next project that I'm, I'm filming, uh, he, again, is going to be a production assistant because... Pete still over in New Zealand, I think, will be permanently now, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, Aaron sort of has taken uh, Pete's job permanently now, it would seem. Uh, but he did a wonderful job, so it would be silly not to hire him again. But, uh, yeah, so uh, more power to Aaron. And, yes, he was being very sincere, which uh, I was definitely not expecting. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very nice of him to say what he said, so no doubt. What is it with with the behind the scenes things? First of all, did you enjoy making it? I know you've done sort of 
behind the scenes stuff before in prior beer nuts things but this was i think the biggest behind the scenes project it was basically a documentary you just split it up um in uh, on youtube how did you find it was making that behind the scenes uh video series and um, was there something you were trying to specifically achieve from it or was it just put the camera on and go see yeah well uh so you are quite right originally the plan was to do a 90 minute film and release it as its own sort of film uh but then i realized about halfway through that uh there's going to be too much footage because uh, it ends up going uh, just a little over two hours and I also thought if it would be too much of heavy watching to watch all 90 minutes of that in one go. So I thought if I split it up into five, like half an hour episodes, it is five, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's five. Is it five? Yeah, five. Five half an hour episodes, then uh, that would be a far more digestible way to view it. Uh, and it would be a far more entertaining way to view it. And I also, I knew from the start as well, uh, what I wanted in regards to how I wanted it to look and feel. So I wanted, uh, as you point out, uh, a bit of a sequel to I Will Not Go Quietly, which is why I get a few other people that are not involved in the film involved. Uh, and then you see a bit of me sort of not doing film stuff, like doing other things as well uh, for that reason as well. Uh, so I wanted it to be a little bit, of everything and yes i also was like well we'll just do it so we'll just uh use my phone and i'll just film whenever i deem it to be appropriate uh and then i just labeled all the clips and then uh, a couple of days after the film shoot and we'd edited uh, the reluctant heroes horse race commentators uh i went back into the studio with scott and we put all the clips down so i didn't actually watch the clips uh back sort of thing until well i mean i would after i filmed them i'd watch them to make sure they came out but then i'd label them and put them to one side and didn't touch them again until the time it was to edit uh and i thought well, we'll just see what happens and that's what happened so yes amazing how is it like speaking with a lot of individuals um there were certain other podcasters not me uh but there were other podcasters and news people to a degree you, you cut there's a few news clips that were cut in but a lot of them were individuals that you know from your general life you know there's that friend of yours that you've known since you were a kid and uh, you train together now and stuff there have been um, there was the individual who she makes a lot of your the artwork and the signs. I think she she drew a lot of those like dirty fairy tale books for you and things like that. Like seeing that element was cool, but like a lot of that was you asking them what they thought of you and putting it on film. Like how how was that experience for you? I know I'm sure you see yourself like with all the jokes and things like that. You and the, even you have described on this podcast that you're like, yeah, I can be a bit of a dick and a bit difficult to work with, and some people just can't deal with that, and that's fine. Like. With that mentality, which I do respect, to be fair, is like how how was it asking people to talk about you to you to put on film, and and was there any that were cut that were just like, no, nah, I got a dick, and you're like, you know what, I'm not not keeping that one in there. <laughs> uh, no, no, nothing was cut. Uh, everything that people said is what people said. Uh, the the one that surprised me the most is when Maddie, my makeup artist, said that I was chilled out. I'm like, <laughs> I've never been described as chilled out before in my life. I think what she means uh, by that was because I trust Maddie because she's very good at what she does. I just sort of leave her alone to do her job. I don't, there's no need to micromanage Maddie. She's fantastic. So I just tell her, these are your heads. This is what you're doing. Bye. And she just does it. So uh, I think that's what she means by chilled out. I'm not in a space interfering with her job. 
so I think that's what she meant by that. But no, uh, everybody else was allowed to say whatever they wanted to say. Uh, they all knew that because uh, I, I, I would also spring it on them as well. So no one really knew that this was going to happen. So I would kind of spring it on them uh, with about two minutes notice. But I did make it very clear to them that they had a choice and have to do it if they didn't want to. And they were allowed to say whatever they wanted to say. There were no rules. They, they could say whatever they want. And in the case of uh, Ilya, for example, that does all my artwork, She's super cool, Ilya. Uh, and yeah, she she said uh, she said her piece uh, about uh, about me and uh, all that sort of stuff, like in a in a nice way, obviously. But it was it was a funny little segment with Ilya. I thought it was probably one of my favourite segments of the whole thing because she's a highly eccentric and wonderful lady. So uh, uh, yeah, uh, that came across very nicely. I th- I felt. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. Like, do you, I, I know it was probably like work wise when you were in the studio editing it uh, with Scott. Like, did was it as much work as um, Reluctant Heroes? I, I assume not as much because you don't have to get comedic timing. You don't have to hit the same beats. It's more here's information, just make it coherent. So, was that easier for you to make the behind the scenes thing? Yeah, because I labeled everything because I'm weird. So uh, when <laughs> I would do. Uh, <laughs> when, when i when i would do a clip uh it would go into the computer save clip one and then the next day clip two and the next day clip three and then i knew where there's little interruptions with other people i'm like okay well i've done about 10 13 clips in a row there's been those segments it's now time to stick this in so uh all of that was organized in advance so when we got to the studio with scott it was so i just sat with him and I'm like, all right, clip one. Okay, there's nothing to add with that. Move on. Clip two. Okay, we do have an insert for that in regards to there's a piece of artwork or something on the screen that needs to be done. So include that. But, um, yeah, so it was just uh, uh, pretty straightforward because the clips just go in the order that they go in. So, yeah. So is that is that basically saying that you'll do this in the future because it wasn't that much work? Uh, no. No, we're not doing <laughs> it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a shame because I would love to see them. I'm, I'm putting in, <laughs> still putting in my pitches for any any behind the scenes stuff with you. I'm, I'm always so up for it because I just think that Beer Nuts is its own little weird world that I know we've spoken about before. And my in my head canon, your character is the is the same person who just keeps finding themselves in these really bizarre situations and doesn't really know how to deal with it. And in certain ones, it's his life falling apart around him. And like, uh, I think one of the prostitution ones, there's like this through line about his, his wife, I think, being a whore. And you're like, what is this? Who is this person? And for me, I'm just like, it's just one guy. And it's like, every one of these is like a few weeks or a couple of months of his life. And he's just flitting between these bizarre situations. But like, getting out of the Beer Nuts universe, being able to kind of see... Really, how much work goes on behind the scenes? Like, obviously, myself, I've I've got friends who make films, or I've had people on the podcast, so I think I probably know more than most who are not actively in the industry. Probably know. I'm probably in the in the borderline between everyone else and the professionals of loose knowledge of how difficult it is. But I just think the behind the scenes stuff really, really shows how good it is, how hard it is to make a film. And with someone like yourself, you know, obviously where you are blind, it's like, it's, there's an extra layer to it. But in the behind the scenes things, even though you mention questions and you talk about your blindness and stuff, it's never really like a, oh, I'm blind, so I can't do it. It's like, well, I'm blind, so I can't do it this way, but but I do it that way. So I, I personally love the behind the scenes stuff. So if you ever need 
any if you do even do a Kickstarter for Beer Nuts Productions behind the scenes, or if you want a tier on Patreon and you want someone to pay you monthly to get behind the scenes videos, I'm there because I love them. And then <laughs> well, in that question, anything for the future with after your response? Well, that there's um my IT man Hassan, who you met very briefly mm. in the film. He's not he's a good guy, Hassan, and he uh, he like you is a big fan of all of this sort of stuff. And he's been hassling me for literally forever, like you have, to do this as well. So I, I assume that at some point, I, I am I am planning actually uh, in about a month, there'll be a little behind the scenes thing, but not of a film, of an experience I had through New Year's Eve. Mm. It'll just go for about three minutes, but it's uh, it's quite funny. Uh, my, my New Year's Eve experience for 2023, uh, people will probably, I hope, find it, rather humorous i won't give too much away but you'll see it pop up on my socials so you'll have to uh you'll have to keep an eye out for that mike but um yeah so that that that's just a, a free little fun behind the scenes little thing to uh to keep people like you and hassan happy but um <laughs> yeah there will be obviously there will be more projects through 2024 uh we're hoping to film the next movie in early march uh so sometime through march the next film should be released and then Hopefully there will be another and another and another and another and another. So obviously, uh, if people uh, like I say, uh, 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 I, I don't have the Patreon as yet, but there is the donation buttons. So if people do want to donate some uh, some money to uh, to help the cause, uh, then I'll absolutely uh, put that in the production account, and that goes towards all the good stuff. And obviously, if they go to beernutsproductions.com, they can download the actual films themselves, like uh, Reluctant Heroes. So yes. There's a lot uh, going on and coming up and happening in the uh, in the world of beer nuts productions. There's no no doubt about that. Incredible. Well, is there? I know that our time in this scenario is slightly more limited than it usually is. Um, but is there anything else uh, you want to mention? I want to quickly say that I feel like the production quality um, for this film at least has gone up. Not that the production quality was ever um, bad or anything, but I just found like. It felt like the cameras looked better and the audio was a bit better. I don't know if that's just me and I'm just misremembering being <laughs> like, it's always been this way. It's been this way since before I met you, Mike. What are you talking about? Or if there was like a, a, a not noticeable jumping quality or anything. I mean, the, I'm not lost in the irony asking a blind gentleman about camera quality. <laughs> the irony there's not lost on me. But I wondered if there is, uh, if there was any improvement over the last year or so that you could mention. And then after that point, the final thoughts. Uh, well, n- not really. They're, it's the same gear, so it's the mm-hmm. same equipment that I've been using for the last. So when Simon retired, uh, I, I hired Scott permanently as my because he was just my audio production, mm-hmm. and I hired him permanently as my all over production man. Uh, and his uh, he did have better cameras and whatnot. That si- Simon's stuff was on the way out as. Simon also was on the way out. So, uh, uh, just because I mean, the man was old and his equipment was old. Uh, but I mean, the quality was still good. Don't misunderstand. You go to the, the film, what uh, download the films, the quality's still very good. You can hear and see what everybody is saying and doing. When I uh, then got Scott involved, he involved, uh, involved, whatever the word is, it's very early. But um, when, uh, when Scott became a part of the, the thing, uh, he did have better equipment, so the quality is a little bit better. But the uh, that hasn't changed for the last uh, few films. Uh, that said, um, this because this film was easier to make in regards to 
there was usually only two voices at a time. It meant that you only have to really worry about two radio microphones. Whereas, for example, with Mr. Eligible, we had like uh, 19 voices, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot different to try and control at one time. So uh, it's a lot easier to do things when there's only one or two people involved at a time. So that's probably why uh, it may appear to be a little smoother, um, just simply because there's not as much sort of going on, if that mm. makes sense at all. It does. But um but yeah the, the the quality the the gear that we use has been the same for the last couple of years. So um and it's really good stuff. That's that's the other reason I like working with Scott. And before him why I enjoyed working with Simon was because they actually own the gear themselves. So we don't have to worry about renting stuff or anything like that. Every they've they've got everything we need. Occasionally we might have to go out and get a green screen or an extra something, uh, but uh, for the most part, everything that we need, we already have access to, which makes life super easy and really, really good. But um, but yeah, uh, uh, fi- final thoughts. Well, uh, firstly, thank you for having me back on the podcast. That was that was very kind of you, Mike, <laughs> and uh, to encourage everybody to uh, to download Reluctant Heroes Horse Race Commentators, uh, Mister Eligible, the film prior to that and uh, have a good laugh and a nice piece of entertainment and uh, support local independent filmmaking so that we can uh, keep pumping out the the hilarity agreed 100 percent. you know backing up everything the goff has said you know the quality of all the prior uh, beer nuts uh, productions at least that i have seen are all fantastic and i'm sure the rest of the quality is equally amazing as well but i put links in the description to obviously the podcast um, as well as the link to the uh, youtube documentary series as well as well as obviously beer nuts productions as always and i'll keep an eye out for the new year's um, eve experience because i'm very very excited about that and i will continue yes. to have you on the show forever um unless you're mean to me and exclude me from uh, intros of a behind the scenes thing again shouting your praises <laughs> if that happens again i might be like you know what i can just i'll avoid i'll tell goff that you know my my dogs have his liver replaced and uh it's a really peculiar situation for me so i can't have him on um <laughs> aside from that <laughs> but, but, but uh, i i i i do i do have to to make it clear um when it, when it came to choosing uh, people to be a part of the podcast, you weren't you weren't ignored for any specific reason. It's just I don't like you. No, that's a joke. That's that's purely, that's, that's purely a joke. The uh, the other guys that I've been on, I've done like I do uh, almost uh, like monthly to three monthly interviews yeah. with them. So and and I've been on their podcast like thirty times. Mm-hmm. So they 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 know me intimately almost so uh <laughs> i'm not there yet that, <laughs> i need to say you're on our third date we've only we're only second date material at the moment that's, that, that's, that's, that's joking that's aside right. but I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it will come i'm sure it will happen uh and also i, sh- I should also mention the the beer nuts productions podcast as you point out that's still going we're just uh, 91 episodes in uh and uh, there's a, an interest another interesting one you may find of interest I interviewed a woman called Tanya DeJong, hmm. who uh, is all about psychedelic-assisted therapy, which I'm not opposed to in the least. I think it's actually a very, very good uh, therapeutic tool if done responsibly and correctly. I need to make that very clear. Uh, and people can make up their own mind uh, as to whether Tanya is doing it responsibly or correctly. <laughs> uh, so that would be something people can make up their own mind about. 
But she was a very interesting interview, as, of course, all of my interviews are, of course. But, uh, yes, the Beer Nuts podcast, and I'm all over social. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever Twitter's called now, I don't know. Uh, so, yes, uh, just type in Beer Nuts Productions and I come out. And, yes, again, thank you, Mike for your kind support over the years. It is genuinely appreciated. No worries at all. It's funny you mentioned uh, Tanya Dijong because of your most recent podcast, hers is the next one lined up for me to listen to. I uh, literally, uh, I, I listened to that Fiona Patton one. I was like, that's amazing. And then I, um, I'm listening to a lot of other pods and audiobooks and et cetera. I was like, I need to get back in the beer nuts. So I, I scrolled through, I've got a couple uh, loaded in my queue. And when you mentioned the psychedelic one, I was like, I'm sure I've, I've so I just double checked my library. So if, any, if anyone's questioning me, I'll take a screenshot and send it to them. Um, but I've <laughs> I've got that noted down because I was like the psychedelic element. I've had someone on my show about psychedelics before. I find it very interesting. But in all honesty, you know, I'm only putting you there because I know you can take it golf. You know, if if you do a thousand behind the scenes things and you never have me on, I will genuinely never be offended by that. I mean, I know one of the hosts of the Dudes of Brews podcast was on, and I only know you through him. So he he or they recommended I don't know which of um, the hosts contacted me, but they said, you know, we've we've been uh, socially following each other for a little while, and they're like, oh well, I've spoken to this blind chap called Goff. He's really really cool. I feel like he'd probably fit genuine chit chat if you're willing for me to you know make contact. So in uh, in all honesty, with all those people, I was like, they all came before me. I only know Goff <laughs> through dudes of uh, brews on a porch. So it's like. If if I was on before them and you were still in contact with them, I would be pulling your leg for having me on instead of them. So there's no way you could have won, really, in this situation. I would and, take the piss and, anyway. And you have been on the podcast, obviously. If, yes. if people want to learn more about Mike Burton, he, he was, uh, he's been a guest on the Beanuts Productions podcast talking all things Star Wars, which I have no idea about and still don't. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, so you have been on the Beer Nuts Productions podcast, which is another reason why people should, of course, listen. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a good starting point. If you want to hear even more from me and you're not already subscribed, you know, that's a good jumping off point. And then just listen to every podcast before then and then every podcast after then. And then you'll be up to date. I mean, Goff, I said, Goff releases loads of content. He has a, a, a film production company that also, actually a media production company because you don't just make films. 29 films out, behind the scenes documentaries. The thing that kickstarted your career in some respects is the I Will Not Go Quietly documentary, audio books, you know, fake interviews. You know, you've got, you put everything. It's nuts. The amount of stuff you put out there, you know, pulling leg aside of saying, I need, I want some behind the scenes stuff. It's like, you're doing bloody everything. So if behind <laughs> the scenes stuff doesn't come for a little while, I'm okay to wait because you, you have a lot of output. And it's always so much fun chatting with you. It's always so fun speaking to you and catching up as we do every year. Um, and yeah, just thank you again for coming on the show, for releasing the content you do, and just being a funny guy. It's great. Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Check out beernutsproductions.com for all your entertainment needs. <laughs> Thank you so much, Golf. Thanks, Mike. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, if you haven't watched the behind the scenes stuff that myself and Goff were talking so much about, go over to youtube.com slash beernutsproductions just to check that out. It's all completely for free and it's really, really entertaining. So please check that out. As well as what I said in the intro, my appearance on Beernuts Productions, as well as Goff's numerous other appearances on this show. It's just a really great listen and it's always a delight to speak with Goff. But what have we got coming up? Well, this conversation was actually recorded about an hour before it was released on this feed. My intro slash outro right now is being recorded within half an hour of the Zoom call I just had with Goff. So this is probably the quickest turnaround I've ever done in my life. 
but we've got lots of cool things coming up. I've got a recording for Clone Wars Conversations, the first season of the Clone Wars. We're going to try and do it in a slightly more structured format than Rebels Reviewed. Rebels Reviewed was kind of dipping our toes in, but Clone Wars Conversations, there are so many episodes to go in through that I'm going to try and make it a little bit more coherent, a little bit more structured in certain ways. But I will be recording that next week and should be releasing it on the Sunday as well. Then the week after that, I've got Mr. Tony Farina coming on the podcast. We don't actually have a plan of what we're going to talk about. I've got a couple of little notes here and there, but I really just wanted a good excuse to chat with Tony because I absolutely love him. One of my favorite people, Mr. Tony Farina. So I'm very, very excited to catch up and chat with him. I've then got a new guest due to be on the show to talk about some very uh, interesting stuff, shall we say. Um, So I'm going to wait until I've got that recording in the bag before I delve into those. In February, I've got a couple of recordings due. One of them is going to be with Scott Weatherly, the 20th Century Geek, uh, because he's recently released a Moon Knight essay book, which he was editing. So I've taken it upon myself at the start of this year to read as much Moon Knight as possible, which is another contributing reason as to why I've wound down the Star Wars Comics and Canon podcast a little bit. Not because I don't love Star Wars Comics and Canon, but I'm trying to read things that aren't just all Star Wars content. And it's very hard to not do that when you have to release an episode every single week of Star Wars comics and stuff, which require you reading four to six comics a week, writing notes and them editing etc etc so part of these new wave of podcasts that i'm going to be doing over the year i'm going to try and get myself a bit more well read i'm going to read a few more comics and stuff so hopefully i'll make an appearance on indie comic spotlight at this time at some point this year in addition to that i'm going to be reading more books hopefully i'll be able to appear on tonya todd's banned books conversations you know i'm going to try and put myself out there to do a few more guest spots try and do that because i love being on other people's podcasts and stuff it's just that i've been so busy with all my other stuff i haven't really had the time Uh, or at least that's what i say you know that's a nice good excuse Um, but lots of cool stuff there's gonna be a lot of familiar faces this year because i want to get more into the conversations that i really specifically want to have just to waffle and go off on random tangents you know tangents are welcomed on this show and i found with a lot of the conversations i've been having although very very interesting haven't been that many tangents so i'm going to try and utilize that go back to my roots in air quotes i mean i've been doing this for like six years isn't that normally what people do when they've been doing something for that long is like a a rebrand of a company they make like a really simplistic logo or they use the logo they used when the company was founded like decades prior or just when you've made a film franchise and you've made several installments and then you call the newest one just the same name as the first one but with the in front of it is that how this year is going to go who knows obviously i'm getting married in august so forewarning that in august it'll be a bit of a dry spell but i will be aiming to release content on this feed then it'll probably just be a few bonus bits and pieces here but i will be out of action for the whole month of august so yeah megan will be moving from my fiance she's being promoted to my wife later on this year and i'm obviously being promoted from fiance to husband so lots of exciting stuff going on in 2024 for me but i'm still going to be releasing podcast content for you there'll be monthly clone wars conversations as well uh, as well as a few other bits and pieces too but it's very very exciting i'm just very very thrilled to be doing this for another several years i mean i'm six and a half years down at this point so let's go for 10 let's you know if i can do this for 10 years then i feel like that would be an amazing achievement and hopefully beyond that uh, but we shall see but friends you can support me by going to genuine chit chat on any of the social media platforms you know liking sharing telling your friends about it you can also go to patreon.com slash genuine chits chat and for as little as one pound a month you get immediate access to over 200 episodes of afterthoughts you get at least 10 minutes every single week but it's really more like 20 minutes a week plus extra bonus stuff as well on there myself and megan review a bunch of things mainly tv shows movies and stuff like that i recently recorded a review of poor things i saw with my buddy alex at the cinema so that's good fun there that's about 20 minutes long i think or 15 minutes uh so i've got lots of other cool things as well myself and megan recently reviewed the crown and lots of other cool films and we're taking in more patron suggestions i know that brett scott has recently submitted a place beneath the pines with ryan gosling so i will be watching 
that at some point. So if you want to get involved in Patreon, you want to connect with me in a certain way, you want to see future guest lists that I put on there occasionally, you want to get some bonus content, you want to get some early access stuff, please consider supporting the show because it really, really helps me out. And with the money that I'm making from this one, I'm going to be improving my camera so people on YouTube will appreciate that greatly. But I think that's going to be enough for me, my friends. Just like, share, leave reviews and stuff. Anyone who leaves reviews on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, even give me a rating on Spotify. If you do that, send me a screenshot. I'll send you a free episode of Afterthoughts. No problem at all. But it really helps the show out, sharing, rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and all that jazz. And so please do that as well, checking back all the other episodes I have done if you are new to the show. But friends, it's been a good start to 2024. So far, I've got lots of cool things to come. And uh, yeah, just keep subscribed, keep informed, keep updated with everything I'm up to. And please make contact and chat with me if you so desire. But friends, I appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially all the way up to the very end, and I'll speak to you next week, likely with Clone Wars Conversations Season 1. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.